You're listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast brought to you by KevKayat.com. Kev helps nonprofit leaders deliver more impact faster and easier so they can be mission accomplished in 40 hours a week or less. For more information, visit KevKayat.com. Now, here is the host of Nonprofit Problem Solver, Kev Kayat. Hey, Kev Kayat here. Welcome to Nonprofit Problem Solver. Thanks for tuning in. You are actually the Nonprofit Problem Solver. My job is to bring you practical, tactical expertise that you can use right now or in about an hour. You're about to hear the recording of me chatting one-to-one with an expert. You're more than welcome to join the next live call. Just zip on over to nonprofitproblemsolver.com to register. We're now on episode six of Nonprofit Problem Solver Summer Series, and we turn our attention to social media marketing and in particular, when and why it might make sense to invest in something like Facebook ads. If you've never done it, there's a lot to be intimidated about. My guest, social marketing savant Roxanne Ray, explains the ins and outs of Facebook and Instagram and tells us how to create engaging content to build an audience of raging fans. All right. Well, welcome everyone to uh, Nonprofit Problem Solver. Uh, this is the summer series. We are in episode six, I believe. We had a couple of one-to-one conversations with fundraisers. Then we moved on to strategy. Then uh, uh, the boards and race equity. And last week we spoke to Stephen Garden from Charity Charge about social enterprise. This week, uh, I'm really excited to welcome Roxanne Ray, social media guru. Facebook ads whisperer. You've been called lots and lots of uh, things. Uh, so this is going to be, I hope, a bit a bit fun. Um, we're going to explore uh, a number of ways that we can look to attract our audience, get our messages out, and recognizing that however we do that, even if we're not actually spending any cash, there's an investment of our time and our effort and so on. So there's, it's always an investment. Uh, and cash might actually... Uh, accelerate some of your results. So we're going to unpack a whole bunch of different things. Uh, we're going to focus, I think, a bit on Facebook ads because I know that's one area that you specialize in, Roxanne. However, um, we might want to draw some broader conclusions about social media generally because a lot of people are looking at different platforms like Instagram and TikTok and uh, and. Um, Pinterest. I'm sorry. What's the one with the P? Uh, Pinterest and some, some other <laughs> things, yeah. uh, and, and LinkedIn again for for uh, other sorts of uh, of messaging. So um, so let's uh, first start by introducing Roxanne. Get to know you a little bit and tell us uh, about you and your agency and what your experience has been. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Roxanne Ray, and I'm the founder of BeFoxy Marketing. We are an agency who specializes in social media advertising, uh, using social media to essentially get more leads and sales for your business. And I know that also can translate into getting more donors for your nonprofit, right? And I've been doing this now for almost five years. We have a team of about six people now. 
And I also have a group coaching program where people can come and join that program and learn how to do the social media, social media advertising themselves for their business or for their, you know, something they're working for. And I totally enjoy what I'm doing. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm very passionate about it. I probably talk about Facebook ads all day and ad nauseum. <laughs> and uh, it's just, I love marketing in general, the, the strategy, the creativity. It's a great balance between your right and left brain. And in my previous career, I was an analyst and I spent all my days in Excel spreadsheets and analyzing data. And that's very left brained, but I also really enjoy the creativity. And so I feel like marketing marries those two things together. Cause as you know, you need to be able to measure your marketing, but you have to be creative to have something to measure. Right. Right. And like I said, I've been doing this for, for five years and I actually have my degree in marketing from the university of South Florida. And so I've really been in marketing for probably 15 years now. Right. Okay. Well, nonprofits, uh, as you mentioned, uh, are, are always looking for donors, but there's other forms, other reasons to be getting messages out. It may be that you're launching an event, which of course these days is, is, is virtual. You may be recruiting mm -hmm. staff, recruiting board members, looking at corporate sponsorships or, or corporate gifts. So there's lots of different sorts of, of audiences uh, and, and donor segmentation is a, is a big whole discussion in its own right. Uh, right. But, but most executive directors, um, whether or not they have some specialist support uh, through a development team or development director, still try to understand you know, everything that's going on. And there's clearly a lot of both right brain and left brain things. And, and digital ads or social media marketing, we, we can all recognize is more complicated than doing lots of posting, you know, having a Facebook page or, or, or doing that. So you need some sort of strategy, some sort of way of thinking about it, which is not just a lot of, a lot of activity. So when, when, and this is, I don't think it's going to be different for a nonprofit versus uh, a for-profit as such, but when you first engage with uh, a potential client or someone says, we, we've been dabbling or we haven't ever really approached this. We're not sure how to think about it. Just like, what is, what is the very most fundamental way of laying out this whole idea of investing in, in ads and, and social media marketing? Yeah, typically when I engage with someone for the first time, I'm asking them what their goals are, right? We need to understand what are they trying to accomplish? Are they trying to just get more sales? Are they trying to get more branding and awareness for their business? And we usually do an audit of what they've already been doing. Have you already been posting on social media, Facebook, Instagram? Do you have a YouTube channel? Do you have any activity on Pinterest, LinkedIn, you know, all the, the main channels? And then we need to find out what their audience, who they're trying to speak to, because each channel has their own, more of a demographic. For example, Pinterest is women between the ages of 30 and 40 for the most part. Now, obviously there's outliers, but that's the, the bulk of the people on that platform. Instagram is mainly women, between 25 and 45. Facebook is kind of everybody, right? I mean, that's, that's a catch-all. But usually on the higher end, uh, you don't have a whole lot of people in their teens or 20s on Facebook right now. They're over in TikTok. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with TikTok since that's going to probably be banned here soon. It's already been banned in India. 
And I know that they're looking to ban that platform here in the United States. I, so I, I thought really, the idea was Microsoft was going to take it over. Well, okay. Well, whatever happens. So if Microsoft yeah. takes it over. Cool. Then we have that platform. If not, you know, it's one of those things that was fun for a while. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we try to figure out where, what they're trying to accomplish, what audience are they going after, what they've been doing already, and then coming up with a plan to now bring that up exponentially with Facebook ads because Facebook advertising and specifically, and then when I say Facebook, I also mean Instagram because Facebook owns Instagram. So when you advertise on Facebook, I also mean advertising on Instagram. When you do that, you By just the way, sorry, can you can you focus just on Instagram? Can you exclude Facebook if you yep. if you felt okay. All right. Just just Absolutely. Make it clear yeah. That. So All if right. you just want to advertise on Instagram because you feel like you have the best presence there, that's where you've gotten the most response from your organic posting, then you can absolutely just run ads on Instagram. It would still be from a quote unquote Facebook platform. That's because Facebook owns it, but you can exclude Facebook from your ads and only show them on Instagram. And we can talk more about the strategy behind that. There is some really good strategies just for Instagram. But to answer your question in terms of what we're trying to figure out and determine, does this make sense to run Facebook ads or in your case, run Instagram ads, right? And what does the budget need to look like based on what we're trying to accomplish? So I can tell you in terms of a for-profit, right? They tell me we want to get a thousand leads a month. I'm like, okay, that's great. Have you ran ads before? No, we haven't, or yes, we have. What is your tolerance for cost per lead? How much are you willing to spend per lead? And then we can now come up with a budget from that, right? If you tell me, oh, we're willing to spend $10 per lead. We want a thousand leads a month. Okay, we have our budget. That's what we're gonna work with. And then sometimes people come back and say, oh, well, it's a little higher than willing to spend. Like, okay, <laughs> understandable. So let's bring it back to what fits into the budget. And we can work from there. Okay. So it starts, as you said, from, from goals, looking at connecting to the right sort of audience. And, and as right. we said, we've already established uh, nonprofits can have a series of different sorts of goals around mm -hmm. messaging and awareness, or it could be mm -hmm. donor cultivation, donor prospecting, could be, you know, trying to recruit folks for an event and, and so on. And so you would have potentially uh, different possibly different platforms even, but really a different focus or different strategy for each of those goals. Is that Right, exactly. That a different strategy for each goal and then a different strategy depending on which platform we're advertising on because right. there is a strategy behind that as well in terms of what should the creative be, what should the messaging be. Very, very important to make sure that that fits in the platform that you're advertising from. Okay, well, before we get to that, let me um, back up a bit. You mentioned the word organic, which I hear a lot in social media marketing. I might press you a few on some of the jargon that um, yeah, might be just less, <laughs> less, less familiar for those who don't, for those who don't live in, in the marketing world all the time. So I, I, I'd like you to just clarify what you mean by organic, uh, because you raised it in context of asking folks what they'd already done. And, and I think a lot of nonprofits, even if it's just a, an all-voluntary you know, or a single executive director, they're still doing something with social media on one or a couple of platforms. So first, tell us what you mean by organic, just so we're all clear. And then uh, what sort of questions uh, would you be asking about what they've already done in terms of audit? Yeah, certainly. So organic means that you have a Facebook page or you have an Instagram account and you're posting to that already, natively posting to it, right? You're crafting a post, 
you're making an image, maybe you recorded a video, maybe you did a boomerang or something creative like that, and you're posting it to your page or to your Instagram account. And so that is what's considered organic posting. Okay. It's organic. You've made the post. You're not putting any ad spend behind it. You're just simply posting it to the platform. That's an organic post. Now, when we're auditing and trying to figure out what they've already done, it's, I don't necessarily ask a lot of questions around that. I just simply go and look and see what have they done? What are they posting? Are they posting any kind of consistency? Is it haphazard? Are they just posting this week and then two weeks go by and then they're posting again? Maybe they post three weeks or three times that week and then three weeks go by, right? Or is it more consistent? Okay, we're posting, you know, twice a week on average or what have you. And then what type of post are they posting? When they are doing this organic strategy, what are they posting? A lot of times people are posting things that aren't very engaging and they just don't know, right? There's, there's, it hasn't been an education around that. And so if you, if you mind, I can share with you some ideas for engaging posting. A lot of times people will post things that are, are good for them, meaning they care about it, right? But the people who are viewing the platform, it's not really something that they would care about. Okay. So I want to, I want to stop you right there then, because I think this is a really important piece from to distinguish between our personal individual experiences of using social media from what we want from an organizational perspective. So if I'm looking at my personal Facebook account, if we were friends on Facebook, um, and I don't honestly post a lot of personal stuff, but but theoretically, I could be posting about family. I could be posting about things that I do, things that I care about. I could be posting YouTube videos of bands I like, you know, all sorts of different things that are of interest to me. And I'm just sharing them because it's about me projecting out. But whereas if we're running uh, an organization, we have to be thinking about what is it our audience wants to see. Mm -hmm. because what the whole name of the game here is engagement. Mm -hmm. It has to be, if it's, if no one's picking it up, no one's reading it, no one's clicking on it, no one's watching whatever it is you post, then it doesn't matter. Just like going into the ether and being ignored. Mm -hmm. So, so, so I guess regardless of whether you are paying or not paying organic from an organizational perspective, everything you put out on social media should be engaging for the audience you're trying to reach. Yeah. And that's a different mentality from just basically personifying the nonprofit and saying, well, Hey, this is cool. This was fun. Congratulations to this person who did that. If no one's paying any attention, it just goes nowhere. Exactly. And then a lot of people ask, what is an, an, what is engaging content? right? That's the million dollar question. Well, what, what do people engage with? And that I can give you suggestions around, but it's really individual to the organization. Meaning you just need to start posting things and auditing. What do people engage with and taking note of that, right? You share something from an event that you, that you held and you just share that, you know, this many people were there and maybe you share a little video of the event, what happened and people engage with that. Like, okay, great. But then the next post that you do is maybe you're talking about, oh, so-and-so had a birthday in the office. Happy birthday. And then no one engaged. Like, okay, so we can deduce from that. They're more interested in what we're doing as an organization, not so much the people in the organization. That's simply an example. I don't know if that's true. Like that may or not be true for your business, but that's just an example. 
Okay, that's great. So I'm asking people in the chat to, to let us know what platforms they're, they're using. The first couple of answers have been uh, mostly, mostly Instagram, interestingly, and a bit of LinkedIn. Um, but uh, having a look at the people who are on the call, I know there's also a fair bit of, uh, uh, of Facebook too. Um, so uh, I, think there's, I think there's something here that really is fundamental to the whole notion of marketing, regardless of its, of its the fact that it's social media, which is uh, it's mean it's meaningless unless people engage with it, and mm-hmm. you have to be asking. Then it seems a couple of things: uh, what sort of things are they engaging with? And you used a couple of examples there, but also w- which audience? Because, but if you look at, say, for example, all the people who are uh, who are who have liked your your official Facebook page for your nonprofit, it will be a mix of, say, staff and partners and, and friends and families of your staff and partners, perhaps, but also, you know, some, some uh, others who are genuinely interested in, in the mission and the cause, potential some donors, maybe volunteers and that sort of thing. So you have this mix and mm-hmm. it's not just are they engaging, but who's engaging with which pieces it start I, I can see it getting really calm you mentioned spreadsheets at the beginning like this is it starts <laughs> to get really like which audience and which type because you know at the end of the day you hear all this sorts of stuff like oh everyone don't bother unless it's video or you know just you know really just offhand like popular wisdom and saying it trends. And it's just a way of feeling always behind it seems to me yes <laughs> So let's let's think then if it's mostly um, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I've seen a little bit of Pinterest and, and LinkedIn, but mostly. Oh, and I've just had a Twitter. But it seems like Instagram and Facebook is the is the favorite. Oop, there's another YouTube. But basically, like, um, so let's let's focus on, on on Instagram just for the sake of argument um, mm-hmm. and talk to us about what. Uh, organically, what people can post of this before they spend any extra money. They're just spending their time now uh, yeah, yeah. trying to post engaging stuff. So there's, there's the subject matter and then there's the, the media type, right? you know, whether it's say Ill, still images, whether it's, ta- I mean, Instagram, it's got to be at least an image, right? Uh, or video, long videos, GIFs, what, you know, what's the, what's the most in- organic or sort of engaging way of, of doing your organic strategy? Well, I'll just start by saying when you're on any of these platforms, you need to make sure that your messaging is really clear on what it is that your organization is about. What is the message? What is the cause? And you need to make sure that that's always interwoven into every post so that people understand whether they're new to your page or not, that they know what is the the cause behind this organization. What, what are their, what's their mission? What are they trying to accomplish? And when you do that, you then start to create an army of people who share your posts. So let's talk about what to share on Instagram because I, I know of a couple of organizations right now that are doing Instagram really, really, really well. I think um, because people truly understand what their mission is and what they're trying to accomplish with the organization. And, and so that's why I started with that, making sure that that is front and center on anything that you post on the platform. So so if it's if it's a... a- like a, a brand name, a household name, brand name. Uh, so like a Nike, for example. Uh, I mean, when you say what they're trying to accomplish, are you talking about, uh, in in the case of, of Nike, just more sales of athletic wear? Or are you talking about their brand identity? So what does Nike want 
to be, if you will, in, in your life or both? Well, really, I'm separating the two. So I'm talking about more nonprofit right now. Okay. All right. Versus <clears throat> a, a for-profit. So for a for-profit business, it's more about what is the the lifestyle, like if you're talking about Nike, like what is a lifestyle? What, it's more of a lifestyle brand, right? Okay, so then yeah. in that case, we would focus more on what's the feel that we want people to, like what are the feelings we want them to have when they're seeing our content, when they're, they're exposed to it, right? Okay. Or if it's more of a, um, like a technical business or like a service-based business, what, what kind of education can I give around that so people know when they're hiring me for this service that they know that I know what I'm doing? Right. So you have to kind of silo things in and put them into those different buckets. So when I said around the mission and what you're trying to accomplish with the organization, I'm talking about nonprofits specifically there. Right. Because that is the overarching messaging when you're posting on any social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Right. People need to know, especially if they're new to your page, like someone shared this out to their account. And no one's heard of your organization before. And now they're, they're the first exposure they have to you. They need to know what is your organization about from each post that you post. Now, this could be as simple as a one sentence. It could be interwoven into the messaging if it's a video or what have you. But I'm just thinking more of nonprofit. People need to understand what, it, what are you trying to accomplish? Because when someone shares out your content and they, the new person sees it for the first time, you want them to have that that oh, I need to get on board with this. Oh, they're, they're, this is a mission I is close to my heart. Let me go follow them. Let me see what they're about. Let me consume more of their content. And now you might have a new donor. You might have someone come to your events or what have you. Or you, now you have a fan that's going to start sharing out your information to even more to have those tentacles out, right? Okay. And so to t- let me just kind of bring it back to talk, talk about Instagram specifically. The type of content that I've seen work really, really well on Instagram right now for nonprofits is a combination of sharing statistics about what it is the thing that you're trying to overcome, right? If I think about like um, a cancer organization, right? We're trying, this is the statistics about the cancer, da, 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 da. or like human trafficking. These are statistics about human trafficking right now, da, 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 right? Sharing those type of posts. Then also having a, a figurehead or a speaker or somebody that is sort of the front voice like actual person speaking on behalf of the organization that can come on to Facebook stories and talk about what you have accomplished with the organization. You know, we just did X, Y, and Z with the funds or we're holding this event or, you know, and and I'm talking every single day because with Instagram, Instagram stories, what you want to try to do is train your followers to tune into your stories every single day. And now it's, I think on Instagram, it's forgiven to take off Saturday and Sunday, but definitely Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, having stories there for people to consume because you're training your person, your people, your fans to come back and consume your content on Instagram every single day of the week. So that when you do post something in the, the, the um, natively posting, right? You're just regular post that you then share that into stories and people can go and comment or share or, or you know, what have you on the actual post. And so it's a really a two pronged approach on Instagram. You have the posting and you have the stories. I see a lot of organizations neglecting the stories and that's a huge mistake in my book. Wow. Okay. So there's a, that's a lot of really rich uh, detail and recommendation for Instagram. So hit both the, the, the posting and the stories and an interesting idea there around training your audience 
to expect something on a literally on a on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we talked about uh, an investment, even if it's not cash out of your budget. There's at least an investment in time because someone has to pull this together, uh, and not just actually do that. Let's just let's go uh, run with for a second this idea of of, of daily uh, or Monday through Friday at least. Uh, you've got to just, you got to not only do that, but, you, but really you want to do it well. <laughs> so for those of us who <laughs> yeah. are, who are who are perhaps less creative than others or intimidated by the, by the whole thing, um, but, but not really in a position to hire, a, you know, an agency or someone else to, to do it. Um, how can you learn? What, what would you say would accelerate someone's learning in, 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 in doing that? And in, in, again, we'll stay with Instagram. Yeah, so let, we'll stay with Instagram stories specifically. This is where imperfect action is the best is the best thing for you. It's just get started sharing something because you want to start training yourself to share something every single day of the week, Monday through Friday. And I'm talking, this doesn't have to be like 20 stories, right? This could be three stories each day. And you know, stories are only 15 seconds long, okay? So it could be one 45-second story that's been broken up or it could be three different things that you share. It doesn't even have to be a video because a lot of times we get, you know, we get nervous like, oh, we have to get on video every single day, but you don't. You can actually share an image or just share some content or share some information. And so it's about training yourself. So just having that imperfect, imperfect action, taking the action now to start sharing something on Instagram stories Monday through Friday and then start testing and seeing what people view what they skip over because Instagram will tell you, oh, you know, 20 people viewed this story, but then two people viewed the next one. And then 30 people viewed the last story. Like, okay, that middle one only got two. Let's not do that one again. (laughs) Right. So we're learning as we're doing. That's the easiest, fastest way to do it with Instagram stories because you have that real time information. The fact that stories only last 24 hours, you're going to find out very quickly what they like and what they don't like. And when you start doing this daily, you start having more and more and more people view your stories. Cause again, that's, that's just where the power is with Instagram. Instagram stories, I cannot stress enough is where the power is with Instagram. If you're only posting to the feed, you're missing out on like 80% of what Instagram has to offer. Right. And that's, that's really what distinguishes it from Facebook then. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. The Instagram stories. I mean, people go to Instagram and only view the stories. And I'm speaking from experience. (laughs) When I get on Instagram, I only view the stories. I'm not, I don't scroll through. If the only time I scroll through is if I've already watched all my stories and I'm like, oh, it only took two minutes. Let's see what's going on in the newsfeed, right? So people are trained to use Instagram to only view the stories. And this is why you want to be you want to be there every single day when people log on because people are logging on to Instagram, to Facebook, to YouTube, to all these platforms every single day. And because Instagram's pull is Instagram stories, you want to share something on there every single day. And again, you can take a Friday or a Saturday and Sunday off, but definitely Monday through Friday is what, if you're put it this way, if you're going to spend the time to build out your Instagram, then you want to be on stories. Otherwise, to me, it's not even worth the time. If you're not going to do stories, Instagram is not worth your time. Right. Okay. So we'll 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 come back to alternatives in a second because I want to I want to continue with what we're what we're following here with the with with the story. So where we started 
this little st- thread was uh, what constitutes engaging content, and I and and I, I think, and I've, I've you know I've heard you say this uh, before, um, and I think it's 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 really true. It's a sort of imperfect action, but it's also uh, in you you can't plan you can't plan success because you don't know until you try it and test. Yeah, and and so. Um, I already complained once about constantly feeling behind when it comes to marketing because people will say, "Oh, this is the current trend," and 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 it seems to be changing all the time. But the but because it's changing all the time, you don't need to keep on top of all those things because what you really need to be doing is just testing, trying yeah. different things, and exactly. seeing what works with your particular audience for your particular goals. Exactly. Yeah. No. That you. That's exactly right. You have to test. You have to know what works for your goals, for your organization, for what people, the people who are following you and the people you want to follow you, what they are responding to. And you said something now that I've started to repeat pretty regularly because I don't think people even recognize this. Marketing is so, it moves so fast that you're always going to feel like you're behind with marketing. I, I feel like I'm behind. I'm like, oh, what's the next thing, right? What's the next thing? And, and the reason is because when you're, you want to stay ahead of the curve, it's like a wave. You want to, you want to, you want to be on the wave. You don't want to be crashing in the wave, right? And the crap, the wave is everyone else doing the same thing. And when that happens, when everyone else is doing the same thing, then it loses its effectiveness, right? So you right. want to be ahead of the curve. So I'm telling you right now, the head of the curve is doing Instagram stories. It used to be, you could just post in the newsfeed and get all this beautiful engagement and now, the, the, so if you want to be ahead of the wave, you want to get on Instagram stories. Right. Okay. So let's talk about, uh, carry on with, with Instagram, talk about what constitutes engaging and, and, and because we're talking about testing and experimenting and trying, uh, you know, we're, we're not looking for uh, just do this and you're fine <laughs> uh, <Right. laughs> because that's actually, you know, that's probably already out of date because you said it 30 seconds ago. Uh, so <laughs> what, what, we, what we, what we want to understand is how you go about doing the testing and working out what's engaging for your goals and, and, and for your audience. And if you want to use an example goal and, and, and target audience, that's fine. But uh, t- walk us through the sort of process you go through to determine what's engaging for a particular set of goals or, 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 or audience. Yeah, certainly. So we're going to stay on the line of talking about Instagram. So we know that it's mainly women on Instagram. We know that it's women between the ages of 30, 45 about. Um, we know a lot of people who are on Instagram are not on Facebook. Right. So we would never have a call to action take, trying to take them back to Facebook for anything. And so if, our, if we know that's our demographic and our goal is trying to get those individuals to either become super fans, sharing our content as we create it or having them become a donor or having them become someone who's going to be part of our organization, perhaps volunteers or what have you. Then we know, OK, that's the lay of the land. OK, so now what type of content do we need to share? Whenever I'm sitting down, I'm like, you know what, I'm not, we haven't really been sharing content. I don't really know what type of content you have. The easiest kind of default thing I go to is we need to educate and entertain. If we just always have that in the back of our mind, educating and entertaining, sharing a combination, it's almost, I sometimes I combine it, edutaining, (laughs) sharing 
educational and entertaining and from inside. So how do you do that? So educational is, again, making sure people know what the mission of the organization is, what the goals are, what we're trying to accomplish as an organization, perhaps learning about the people who started it, right? Knowing what the statistics are in terms of what you've accomplished or overcome or whatever it is, you know, what the organization is trying to do. So that would be educating. And entertaining would be perhaps what is happening in the office that is allowing us to meet these educational goals, right? The, the goals we just shared in our education, right? And, and um, entertaining on maybe there's a latest trend of something silly, like maybe there's like a weird TikTok dance that's going around. It's really easy to learn. And you have everyone in the office doing it and you put it on Instagram stories, right? So entertaining in that it's just fun to look at. It doesn't even necessarily have to always correlate back to the organization, but it shows that you have personality, that you know the trends, that you're up. You're not kind of this old stuffy in a closet organization, right? You actually are on the forefront of what's going on because if you can show that by being entertaining, then people know, okay, you're probably better positioned to accomplish the goals of the organization because you're on the cutting edge. You're actually going to accomplish these goals, or at least we have this psychological feel that that's probably the case, right? And so again, that's the easiest way to figure out what, if you're sitting there like, ah, I just don't know what to share today. Go back to, can I educate on something that happened recently in the organization? Is there something recent that maybe some statistics that came out, a study, you know, whatever, maybe something on the news that correlates back to your organization. Is, is it always, uh, is it always um, pushing information? Because I, I, when I talk to nonprofits about engaging uh, audience is, is I try to emphasize the dialogue and the conversation and the listening uh, as much. Because it's easy to think when we're communicating that we're always pushing information out when in fact it will only evolve if, if it's in multiple directions. So right. how, how, so would you, for example, uh, if you're stuck, as you said, like, well, what do we, what do we do today? Is that when you ask a question? Is that when you start? Yes, and that's the beautiful things? thing about Instagram stories is you can do polls. You can ask a question, right? A poll could be, did you guys know X, Y, and Z? Yes or no. Right. And, and a lot of times we, we default to say yes or no, but you can even have fun with those. You could say, yeah, of course. Or wow, I had no idea. And that could be the answers right? You can actually write that on the Instagram story poll. And then you can ask a question. Do you guys have any questions about an organization? Sometimes it's the easiest engaging thing to do or have them guess on something, right? Um, here's a picture of something. Guess what this is, this thing or this thing, have them, have them vote what they think it is. And then on the next slide, reveal the right answer. I mean, right there, you have your post for the day. I mean, this doesn't have to be really complicated. This doesn't even have to be very, um, you know, a lot of information, right? It could be just one statistic that you talk about for the day. And, and that's how simple it can be. So that's, uh, so basically you just have to get out there and try it and see what works. And how yeah. do you, what are the simplest ways of knowing what works? Is it, is it likes, is it shares? Is it, you know, feedback of some kind? How, how can you, what, what are the best metrics or best ways of understanding engagement and what constitutes good engagement? Absolutely. So Instagram stories is very easy to determine if there's engagement. A lot of times, let me just back up for a moment. A lot of times people say, oh, I have 10,000 followers on Instagram. But if you only have 20 views of your, of your Instagram stories, there's like no engagement, right? 10,000 people, 20 views. It's like, there's something wrong there. 
So based on how many followers you have, you can see how engaged your followers are based on your Instagram stories. So let's say you have 2000 followers. You should have at least 10% of those people engaging with Instagram story. Otherwise you have dead followers, right? And now you need to work to get them more engaged. So and 10% so is a good threshold. 10% is yeah, a, a good threshold. threshold. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about Instagram story because Instagram tells you right there how many people viewed that that story as in they tell you in the line, if you, let's say you did four Instagram stories back to back to back, right? And you see, oh, I had 38 views on the first one. And then we had 34 views on the next one. And then we had 25 views on the last, and then we only had five on the last one. Okay, something happened there where we started sharing things that were less and less engaging, right? Maybe that statistic that we were, you know, following the rabbit to, to wasn't very interesting to people or because you had 38 on the first one and you had a drop off. That means people were skipping your, all of your stories, right? Cause it's very easy to skip a whole set of stories. It's just a flick of the thumb as skipping to the next person's stories, right? So you want to make sure that each one is engaging, but you don't, and I, I don't want people to get fearful of like, Oh my God, I got to make sure it's super engaging. Right. And then you start clamming up because now you're back to, I don't know what to share. I, I, so I'm not going to share. And I don't want people to be there, right? You do have to take this imperfect, imperfect action. Just get out there, start sharing things, start analyzing this data. And because you're consistently sharing, like I shared, if you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, if you're consistently sharing, your numbers will naturally rise because you start having those people, you're training them to come back for your story the next day. And people naturally are like, oh yeah, what are they sharing today? And they actually seek you out. They'll, they'll scroll through and try to find your stories. Okay. And then, all right. So let's just say we're, 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 we're starting to get good at that. All right. We, we, we pull out a, a cadence of, of postings and we're training our audience we're, and it's starting to grow and maybe it's 10%, maybe some aren't and, and what have you. Is that, is that the end of it that people are just are just engaging with stories or how do you then convert someone who's engaging with stories to become a volunteer or a donor or something now and, and, and I just want to uh, come back to that point that it you talked about the distinction between Instagram and Facebook and not everyone is on Facebook so if your next step is to oh go like our Facebook page or engages there that's that that may not work you might lose no. them. <laughs> don't do that <laughs> right yeah okay. don't do that keep the engagement where it's at then you can start putting call to actions inside of your stories you can you know share educate educate um educate entertain educate entertain ask hey we're looking for volunteers do, do if you know in in this city if you know anyone you know send us send them our way or we have a link on our profile for you to find out if we're looking for volunteers in your area we you know this is what volunteers do for us da, 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 right so but the point is you don't ask 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 right you want to entertain educate entertain educate and then you then you are allowed to ask it's like you you've uh, given enough where it's now your turn right gotcha. and so it's very simple you just share share about it right we're looking for volunteers we we need more donors and you don't just say we need more donors right you want to put some information behind that we need more donors so that we can do x y and z right we're we're this much short of our goal to do this next big thing right when you give the people a reason why then they're more apt to take action okay so you have to have you have to be prepared 
uh, at so, what, bef- when you're prepare- when you're building up your audience and you're going to make those sorts of asks or or set up those calls to action, then you you need some way of responding to those. So you're either driving people to a website or asking them to contact you in some way that you are prepared to. Well, the great thing about doing stories is that if you ask them the stories and then say message us, you can message people right from the stories and then take that conversation into the direct messenger, the DMs of Instagram. Right. So that's really powerful. What I just said is when you're, this is why Instagram stories is like the thing right now, because you're being consistent. You're posting Monday through Friday. You're educate, you're edutaining, right? Then you're asking when you're asking, you're asking them to either click on the link on your profile or to respond to that story and have the conversation right there in the direct messenger. And now you can engage them in conversation. Perhaps you get them on the phone or whatever your next call to action path that is. But that's the beautiful thing of Instagram stories. The other beautiful thing in Instagram stories is once you have over 10,000 followers. So this is why sometimes it's not a bad thing to have dead followers because you want to try to get to 10,000, allowing you to actually put a swipe up. It's called a swipe up on your story. You can now link to the, the website right from the story people can just click the little button from the story it'll pop up your website wow okay that's not automatic though you presumably have to set that up well yeah once you hit ten thousand, then that feature becomes available when you do your stories yeah right okay so how uh different if we if we look at a couple of different platforms so uh facebook for example or or linkedin how uh, i was tell, tell us a bit how your general advice about Instagram shifts. If you go to let's, let's start with Facebook. Oh yeah. So that the strategy does change a bit. So when you go to Facebook, the Facebook reach on a page is like nothing. Okay. It's, it's very, very hard to have a reach on a Facebook page. You can build it up. And so let's just talk about the algorithm for a moment. This is where you almost want to do your testing on another platform. You can still do it on Facebook, but if you know, let's just say, let's go with the line of thinking we've been using for this whole conversation, right? You've been on Instagram. You, you know about what type of content people are engaging with, pick out the most engaging pieces and put those on your Facebook page. Okay. The reason being is Facebook's algorithm works like this. When you share something on Facebook, they only show it to a very small, like 1% of the people who like your page. Okay. If those 1% of those people engage with that post, Facebook says, Oh, okay. This is an engaging post. We can now open up to more people that follow the page and maybe they'll show it to a few more people. If those few more people engage with the post, then they'll open it to more people and so forth. So as long as it keeps getting engagement, then they open it to more and more people. You see the same thing on the regular, like personal profile side where you mm-hmm. see posts of people who announce an engagement or they're having a baby and it has like 300 comments and a thousand likes. That's because Facebook did this thing that I'm talking about. They opened it to a few people, got engagement, got engagement, and then they just kept showing it to more and more people as it got more engagement. That's how the algorithm works. This is why it's so important on Facebook to share engaging content. And it's cumulative. When you share an engaging post and they went through this process of, oh, okay, this is really engaging. The next post you share you get that benefit of having built that engagement on the last post. And so now they initially show it to the big group or bigger group of people, but if no one engages that post, whoop, you're back to zero. 
So this is why you, hmm. you don't want to, I've had clients come to me and I said, Oh, we, we want to share this, that and the other. I'm like, no, <laughs> no one's going to engage with that. You're going to kill the algorithm for yourself. Why, why are we even posting on your page then? Right. So, so let's then get in. We have um, about uh, just over uh, 10, 15 minutes left here. So the, um, the whole premise of this was what would you get for a thousand dollars on Facebook ads? <laughs> we got distracted strangely. This never happens to me. Uh, so when, um, when you're talking about that engagement and, and, and the algorithm, one of the horror stories, of course, is that people lose a lot of money on Facebook ads or it's really expensive and it's scary and so on and so forth. And, and, you know, we all want to use our, our precious nonprofit dollars as, as effectively as possible. So, uh, let let's 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 enter this question then about the the wisdom of of actually spending money on ads uh, mm-hmm. and how you would advise against someone who's who's reluctant to do so or you know on the other side is is overwilling to do so and wh- where you <laughs> might say maybe not quite yet or get this in line first so so um, how do you how do you ad- address those concerns? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to Facebook ads, the first thing that we need to determine is what is the goal of this ad? Is it to just get an awareness of our organization out there? We just want people to know our names, be familiar with us, maybe know what things we've accomplished and so forth. That's one side of the coin. The other side is, oh, we're trying to get um, build our email list, for example, so that we can email them and, and ask for more donations, ask for volunteers, let them know about events coming up and so forth. That I'm a bigger fan of. I'm a bigger fan of doing Facebook ads to build a list, to get some sort of something in return for those ads. Because when you do awareness, then you got to keep doing that, right? You got to keep that. That's never ending. At least on the list building side, you now have a list of people you've paid for one time. And now you can keep messaging those people as often as you want outside of Facebook. Okay. So that's, those are two determinations there. So let's just go down the line of thinking that we're going to build our list. And so with this ad, when you run Facebook ads, there's, there's a couple of key pieces here that I want people to be aware of. There's obviously the creative, everyone knows that you need to have an image or a video, but it needs to be something that slows the scroll. People are scrolling like Speedy Gonzalez through Facebook. Okay. So you need to have something that slows that scroll. So they'll come back and actually read the ad copy. Now let's talk about the ad copy. You want to have something that hooks them in immediately because Facebook only shows like half of the first sentence of your ad. So that half of the first sentence needs to be like, pull me in, pull me in. Like a headline, uh, a a hook. So you've got- Right, exactly. You can look at the news stories, right? The news is really good at writing headline hooks. You need to write something similar to get that person hooked in. Sometimes bears no relationship to the story that follows. Yeah. Right, (laughs) Right, exactly. And now in that ad, that ad can be as long as you want. Now, I'm also, when I write ad copy and I advise people when they're writing ad copy, a lot of people like to fluff it up. You only need enough information in there to get that person to click over to your landing page, right? The website where you take that person. And then on that next page, now you do the job of getting them to provide their their email address, right? Their contact information. Okay, so this and, is a very specific strategy. So I just want to re- re- review. You, you, you would do this with the objective of building a list of potential volunteers, donors, fans, or, or, or whatever that you will then communicate to later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you, are, you need a, 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 an image or a video that stops them scrolling. 
Then you need a headline that gets them to actually look at the ad mm-hmm. and ad copy of some sort of a level of interest, which gets them to do that call to action, which is takes them off Facebook mm-hmm. to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So you're shaking for those who are listening. She's shaking her head vigorously. So <laughs> this is the, uh, <laughs> this is the, uh, the, the point being is that you, is, which I think is important is you're not taking them to your Facebook page or your Facebook group to get them to like something. You're, you're taking them to your website effectively to, you know, get some further information or give you, you know, give you, give them your, give you their email for some reason. Right. And, and so we could now chase that down even further. So maybe this campaign is to get volunteers or people who know someone who can volunteer. And that's the list you're building or the campaign is about getting more donors, right? Because think about it. You need to have, you don't want to have a general ad. When you have a general ad, it's not going to have a whole lot of response, right? It needs to be specific so that when someone's reading that, they say, Oh, that's me or Oh, I'm interested. Yep. They have my attention and they go further down the line, right? When it's too generic, then now you're kind of going into brand awareness land and those, you know, that's a different type of ad. And is and and so the the value, you know, what do we get for spending a thousand dollars on Facebook ads? We need to come, we need to revisit that number just to get our, you know, uh, some a sense check around it. But but if we spent whatever it is on awareness, it's much harder to assess how how successful or effective it is because we don't we don't get email addresses, we don't get exactly. signups to anything. We don't. There's nothing to show for it in in a way. Exactly. Well, with brand awareness, I almost look at it like you're putting a billboard up on the side of the street, right? And you, and you, there's no way to measure that. There's just no way. Okay, great. We know that a million cars went by the billboard. We have no idea if they even looked at the billboard, if they even went to the website of the billboard. So it's the same thing with brand awareness on Facebook. You really have no way. I mean, you can see, okay, it reached this many people and this many people clicked on it but there's no other measurement past that. We don't know if the people who saw that ad became volunteers or donors or what have you, right? That's Mm -hmm. why I'm not a huge fan of doing brand awareness, especially if, for example, you only have a thousand dollars to spend. To me, that's not a good use of those funds. A better use of those funds is to do some sort of lead generation campaign. So you can measure, okay, leads are calling, costing me $3. So for every $3 I spend, I get an email address. So then we can figure out when we spend a thousand, this is how many email addresses we get. And then from that, you can follow those people through, right? Especially depending on what type of CRM or email service provider you're using, you can tie that back to an ad. So similarly to uh, the, the marketing world in, in, in for-profit where there is a cost of customer acquisition and a, a, a lifetime customer value. So how, you know, how much marketing spend to get somebody to actually buy something of you and become a customer and then how much they're going to spend with you over, you know, a reasonable, they say the next three to five years, they just refer to as lifetime. Those parallel metrics exist in our profit world for donors. So is the cost of donor acquisition and, and the, the donor lifetime value, if you will. Uh, and, and, and the recognition that it's much better to interact with uh, existing donors than it is to, and it's cheaper to get a second donation than it is to get a first donation. So same, mm-hmm. same sort of parallel ideas here. Right. So, so getting those uh, email addresses for potential donors, uh, and I think 
for volunteers too is a reasonable goal then. Correct. Yep. Okay. And so what sort of budget? I mean, is a, what is a thousand dollars? It's a nice round figure. It's easy for me to put in my headline for, for this <laughs> podcast episode, but, but with regard to what you think we could achieve with that, if I came to you and said, okay, you know, here's my nonprofit and, and I need to, I need to um, uh, recruit some more names for my email list for potential donors. Then, and if I've got a thousand dollars, are you what? What are you going to tell me? Yeah, so I have my handy calculator here for a reason. This calculator's been with me for a long time because I I'd start crunching numbers. I typically tell people it takes about two to three hundred dollars for us to test a campaign to figure out messaging audiences, the creative, which is the video or the image, where we take them, make sure that's converting. So it takes about two to three hundred dollars to to get all that out. Now it's not to say you're not going to get anything from that money, but we're not really looking at the cost per lead there or the cost per um, email at that point, because we're just trying to figure out what is working. And so once we get past there, then we can say, okay, reasonably we had $700 left from our, our budget, from our testing. We are now getting email addresses at say $5 in the email address. And so we can just take 700 divided by five and we know we can get 140 more people onto our list for us to communicate with. And so the, the way you would do the, the calculation there for whether it's worthwhile is if you were to add 140 names to your email list uh, and, and that cost overall $1,000 to do, mm-hmm. are you likely to recover that investment through donations and, and volunteering and, and other things of value? Yeah, so that would then have to be on the email side or the communication side. So I'll just share with you, I'm a bigger fan of not only getting email address, but also cell phone numbers and combining both email marketing and text message marketing to now continue that conversation off of Facebook and either giving them education or materials or whatever they need to do, they need to make that decision to now become a donor. And so we'd have to look at your statistics on just a normal basis of the people who come to you, how many of those people turn into donors to know what our baseline is. And then we can deduce from the 140 people we get about how many of those will become donors, what the lifetime value is and and make our ROI uh, assumptions from that. Okay. So in in terms of other costs though, there's, there's obviously the time of trying to build up your organic audience. There's the time it takes to put together uh, the right sort of image and video and write your headline and do your ad copy and then you have to interact with the Facebook ads machine, uh, which takes some, which, you know, there's a learning curve uh, around that as well. Uh, so how, how much time and effort does it take to, to do that and do what's a, what would you, someone said, if I said, I want to do this on my own, Roxanne, rather than hire an agency, how much time should I be setting aside a week, for example, to, to, to do that? So it really depends on how technical you are. If you are somebody who can learn quickly, technical, you know, backends, systems. You mean like, like the, 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 the Facebook software. Exactly. Mean, yeah. Cause you have to learn the ads manager. You need to learn, you need to obviously go through, write some ad copy, maybe do a couple of iterations there, whether you make an image or a video um, the whole ads platform in terms of creating audiences and plugging those into the ads manager. 
and then submitting your ad and, and getting it approved because there are Facebook ad policies you do have to follow. They're kind of like the laws of Facebook. Just because you don't know them doesn't mean that they aren't going to make sure you follow them, right? And so you need to make sure you review those and get everything approved there. And so ideally, I mean, I, I'm someone who learns really quickly. So when I learned all this, it took me probably about a week to two weeks of just heavy into it, learning it, trying to figure it out to get it all built out and, and published. But I'm also someone who learns things pretty quickly when it comes to technical stuff. So if you don't have a whole lot of technical skills, because it, it's not intuitive, I'll tell you what, the ads manager on Facebook is not intuitive, unfortunately. So it's, it's going to take your focus to understand and almost memorize, okay, here's the campaign, here's where the audience goes, here's the ad, okay, right? And so that does take some time to, to do that memorization and learn it and internalize it so you know what you're doing. Wow. Okay. So there's, there's a fair bit to it then um, that you have to balance between whether you can, whether, whether you get those names and whether that's actually going to be a worthwhile thing. In addition though, there's just to interacting with Facebook, which is obviously free uh, in terms of uh, membership and having a page and all that sort of thing. Do you need to make an investment in addition to your CRM that your where your, where your donors names go and emails? Do you need, other sorts of software and tools in order to make this work smoothly? Well, you want that whether you're running ads or not, to be honest with you. you, well, yeah, you have, need, I know you need your CRM. Yeah. Um, but, but, if you, but in it, it, is it really just you and Facebook to, to run the ads or do you need other sorts of uh, um, investments or, or tools, social media tools, those sorts of things? Yeah, I'd say there's maybe a tool like Canva to create images and that is you can create a free account on Canva. I had a free account on there for a long time and that'll help you make some really scroll stopping images. Um, outside of that, you could probably get away with, if you're going to do a video, just doing it on your phone. There's some free apps to edit videos on your phone. I don't know that there's a whole lot of additional investment, but I do want okay. to make one suggestion here. If this sounds like a lot of work and you're just like, nope, this, I can't do this. I can't even think about it right now. We have so many other things on our plate. There's a lot of college students out there that would do a, a free internship to learn this for you and to run the ads for you. And that's a, a free resource right there. Or even if it was a, a paid internship, it's, it's still, if you pay them, I, I, I don't know what the going rate is across the U.S., but a pretty nominal fee to get the experience of, Hey, you're going to learn how to do Facebook ads. I think that's an excellent skill for them to want to learn and be a part of an organization. So I just want to put that out there as a suggestion of possibly hiring an intern to take on this burden of learning it. If, if you don't have the time or the bandwidth to do that. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. And just as we come to a close, the uh, Facebook ads and you were spending would actually also go into Instagram. So just to tie that, but not as yeah. a story. <laughs> the, <laughs> well, the, ads go into, the ads go into the uh, news feed, do they? Or you can you Yeah, can you can choose the placement of where you want your ads to go. So we talked about this way at the beginning where you can just have your ads shown on Instagram or just on Facebook or both. You can choose the placement. And so there's a strategy behind that in terms of if I'm going to run an ad on Instagram, I want to make sure that that video is, was this vertical? Um, vertical, <laughs> it, 
And so that I now only show it on Instagram stories. So it fits the look and feel of what you would expect an Instagram story, even though it's an ad, right? So there's that, you got to think through those nuances too of placement. If this is going to just be shown on the newsfeed of Facebook, I want it to look natural to the newsfeed. If this is going to be shown on the Instagram newsfeed, I want to look natural to the newsfeed there, right? So you want to put a little bit of thought behind that as well. Okay. So there's lots and lots of detail here. Where, where can people find you online? Where should people be going for additional support or ways of learning uh, other than, you know, watching a lot of YouTube videos to try and understand this? And I don't know how good any of those are. Uh, what, what would you advise if someone wants to learn more to take the next step? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a free Facebook group where I do a training on Facebook ads every Tuesday at 12 noon. And I also have an upcoming Facebook ads boot camp where I'll be talking much more in depth of what we talked about today, the strategy, the details, and that's coming up on August 17th. And so if people want to, if you join the boot camp, I'll put you into the Facebook group. It automatically directs you to the Facebook group. So if you want to sign up for the boot camp, you can go to go.roxanray.com and sign up for the boot camp. And that's the boot camp. And then the group, what's the name of the Facebook group? The Facebook group is called Cold to Sold Facebook Ads Mastermind with Roxanne Ray. Cold to Sold Facebook Ads Mastermind with Roxanne Ray. You got it. Okay. All right. I had to to concentrate very hard to do that. It's it's obvious we're obviously coming to the end of our our hour. Thank you so much for spending time. I I I can see that yes, you could speak about Facebook ads for a long time. There's so much detail. I'm sure we've just scratched the surface, uh, and I hope we've given uh, folks something to think about that uh, ad spend is not necessarily uh, the answer to all your prayers, but it's also not necessarily something to dismiss. You, there's there's some things to to think about, and we also spent a fair bit of time uh, unpacking face uh, Instagram stories. So yeah. um, experiment, try, uh, don't hold back, and um, and and see where you go. Just it's just see what is what works for your audience. Yeah, and try to have fun with it. I mean, remember we're on social media. We want to be social. We need to be social, and so we need to have personality and have fun with it. So just don't forget that as well. Yeah, great, great note to to end on. Thank you so much, Roxanne. Yeah, it's my pleasure. All right, thanks everyone for uh, for joining in the nonprofit problem solver. We're uh, Wednesdays at one Eastern. Next week uh, we're going to be talking about tech with Amy Newman at 1 p.m. and learning about uh, AI and blockchain and all sorts of uh, strange jargon words that may not have immediate impact on nonprofits, but certainly will before too long. And we want to be prepared. So tune in next, uh, next Wednesday at 1 Eastern. Uh, and Nonprofit Problem Solver is always here. Thanks very much, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nonprofit Problem Solver podcast. I'm grateful for all the wisdom shared by my guest, Roxanne Ray, who you can find active in her Facebook group, Cold to Sold, Facebook Ads Mastermind with Roxanne Ray. This episode was produced by Glenn Munoz at PodPro Audio. You can join future conversations live by visiting nonprofitproblemsolver.com. Connect with Kev on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You're also invited to join a private Facebook group, Social Impact Practitioner, 
where every day we go deep into the practical and tactical work to accelerate your impact. Because good causes deserve better results.